When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Still coming up, I ain't peak. When my jam come on, don't you speak? Yeah, it's rich, homie Steve. Still going in, and you know I'm with the guys. So Bo brought the friends. It's only Tuesday night, but we treat it like the weekend. All these night lights got me feeling like I'm tweaking. Still coming up, I ain't peak, yeah. Still coming up, I ain't peak, yeah. Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the Soda Shack tonight on my left, Bobby Reynolds. And joining us in the virtual Soda Shack, he is an IDP contributor to the Black Book, the host of the Individual Defensive Podcast, and a contributor for Fantasy Pros. It is Scott Bogman. Scott, how are you, my friend? Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. Uh, happy to be on the show and uh, man, uh, th- thanks for having me. We're going to have a fun time talking about IDPs here. That's right, Baba. We're doing winners and losers tonight. We've been talking rookies pretty much exclusively for about the past like six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And with good reason. Everyone's excited. It's rookie season. Everyone's caught the fever. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to talk a little bit more indirectly about the rookies and the impact that they've, they've had on some of these veterans. Talk a little winners and losers post-draft tonight. It's time. You know, OTA started yesterday for 20 teams, I think it was, in the NFL. Uh, starting to warm up a little bit outside. The draft is kind of, uh, you know, we've all had time to kind of digest yep. and, Process. and look around at our, uh, you know, multiple dozens of uh, IDP dynasty teams. And, and uh, I, I guess at least in our leagues that I'm in, um, trades have been picking up. Yep. Waiver wires heating up a little bit, so tis the season. Tis the season. And, uh, yeah, if you don't think I haven't been watching every single video of Anthony Richardson oh, yeah. as a <laughs> Colts fan who was starred for QB competency, uh, you don't know me because I have been watching every single one. And I've got my brother and my dad on the text chain. The hype is already rolling. We may be getting some jerseys. We may be going to training camp. Hope springs eternal, Scott. We're finally going to have these a teams. place. We're finally going to have a place where Minshew is not the most beloved player on this. That's right. That's right. That chest hair and the the swag with the outfits makes it really tough. But I think Anthony Richardson may edge him out in terms of being the most beloved. But kind of along those same lines, a lot of hope for some of these guys who did not get the rug pulled out from under them with these rookies coming in. But some of them did. And we're going to talk about both sides tonight. IDPs who were winners, IDPs who were losers. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Scott, as our guest, why don't you kick us off? Who is your uh, first post-draft winner? All right, I'll go with uh, Xavier McKinney, the uh, safety from the Giants. And I thought he was a winner here because they didn't draft his replacement. Uh, The dude has missed some games recently. Uh, The Giants need help tackling on the back end. Obviously, bringing in Bobby Okereke um, and Jared Davis in, in this offseason. You know, no more Micah McFadden in the middle and Jalen Smith and all of that. You need to get a little more speed there. So I thought McKinney, you know, and, and maybe you guys disagree because Dane Belton, they did draft the year before. So maybe Belton is going to, you know, push him a little bit. 
But I think McKinney is the better guy when he's out there on the field, and the Giants didn't up taking didn't end up taking his replacement. So I thought he ended up as one of the few winners. I feel like it was harder to find winners than it was to find losers here on these lists. Yeah, Bobo, I he checks a lot of boxes for me. He's flashed in the past, right? So this is not just pure projection. We like Xavier McKinney coming into this season and even before this season. Like Scott said, they did not draft his replacement. This defense overall, I think, is going to be better. And Julian Love is out the door on the way to Seattle, a team that we'll talk about here a little later. I love this call. I am back in on Xavier McKinney. I've been looking at him and a lot of these best ball drafts we're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I agree with the call here that he is, as we sit here right now near the end of May, a winner in terms of IDP. I couldn't agree more with you, Scott. Um, Xavier McKinney was a guy who he was one of my flag plants last year. I really pegged him as a, I think it was a top 12 defensive back um, for the season in 2022. Um, Regretfully, he got hurt and uh, didn't end up playing, but only about eight games last season. But, you know, it's been a weird NFL career so far for McKinney. There's been some coaching staffs come in and out. Now you've got Wink Martindale, who's the the D.C. there with, uh, with New York. Um, McKinney was actually the green dot, I believe, a majority of um, the beginning of the 2022 season. You know, you kind of have the weirdness that was his ACL tear when he came into the NFL. Um, so... His health has kind of been awry, but maybe now there's a little bit more um, foundation built for McKinney. Um, maybe to see a more, you know, a top 15 defensive back upside. Uh, in 2021, in big three scoring, he averaged 11.1 points per game. And then 2022, 9.6 points per game. He's only 24.8 years old. Um, so... I, I love this. I think this. brighter days ahead. I love this. Ju I think uh, his arrow is trending up. Julius Peppers gone. Um, Julius Peppers. <laughs> wow. Julian Love shout, is gone. Shout out 2020. <laughs> 20, or what was that? 2002. Whatever yes. that would have Julius been. Peppers is also gone. From Peppers the NFL. gone. Love is gone. They haven't drafted anybody. Uh, this is a solid win here. That's a great pick. Scott. And a great pick by ADP Scott going as the DB 28 right now mm -hmm. um, with top 15 upside. Like Bobo said, I love that call. And something um, I didn't mention uh, as well, boys, uh, the defensive line getting better, you know, yes. and healthy should help the, the secondary as well, maybe mm. potentially make plays on the ball. That's low key, maybe one of the best defensive lines in Truly. the NFL. They're yeah. going to have yes. the potential for that. Leonard this Williams, you've got mm -hmm. uh, Dexter Lawrence, Aziz Ojalari, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yep. Like that is a I was trying nasty to tell my Cowboys buddy the other day about how good they are. And he was yes. like, the, the, the New York Giants? I was like, yeah. You get yeah, everybody man. healthy at the same time, they're going to be really dangerous. So another subtle winner, Bobby Okereke. But oh yes, yeah, uh, that, that's that's yeah, absolutely. I think everyone his ADP has been rising mm -hmm. uh, as the offseason has gone along for obvious reasons. I think people see this is the best linebacker New York has had in a very long time, yeah, and uh, not a lot of competition alongside him for tackles. So also maybe in deeper leagues, pay attention to Micah McFadden. He's yeah, kind of interesting also because they really didn't draft a whole lot of uh, linebacking help. Yeah, there. if you want to take your shot. Yeah. McFadden or Deep Darian leagues. Beavers. I think that could be one of those like late season yep. kind of Jack Sanborn pick him up if uh, say Okereke goes down. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk about our first winner here, Bobo, and I'll let you kick things off. Who Please. are we talking about from the Los Angeles Rams? Oh, my baby boy, Ernest Jones, linebacker for, like Josh said, the Los Angeles Rams. Ernest 2022 stats. He had 723 snaps on the season, which to satisfy my flag plant That's for right. 2022 saw 66 percent snap share there for the rams i bet that 
Um, Ernest Jones was going to see higher than 60%, so 66 is over 60%. That was probably the only flag plant we got right. Thank you, me. Uh, 8.85 points per game, 114 total tackles, four TFL, one interception, one forced fumble, two pass breakups, and one quarterback hit. Joshy boy, what are you thinking here about Ernest Jones as well, far as a winner? This is all about what is in front of him, which is the opportunity left in the wake of Bobby Wagner moving back to Seattle. Team leading 1,079 snaps. That was 99% of snaps, 140 tackles, six sacks. And also, this L.A. defense is probably the worst in the league. Yep. Completely depleted, apart from Aaron Donald and Ernest Jones. Mm -hmm. And Sean McVay, Les Snead, they did nothing really to replace the guys that left. So Jones is that veteran presence in the middle of the field. I think he'll be the green dot. And if he's the green dot, that's a 95% snap share. Scott, is there something we're missing that's not no. to like about Ernest Jones? No, I was furious when I saw you guys had this one because there's no bigger <laughs> winner, I think, uh, of the offseason than Ernest Jones. Bobby Wagner being gone uh, helps, obviously. Uh, someone with zero snaps most likely playing next to him helps out a lot because the Rams are out of money and they spent too much before. Uh, the offense, I mean, you know, God forbid Matt Stafford goes down again. Then I, I go into Stetson Bennett, you know, so good luck. I, I, I They're going to be on the field a ton, so... I Ernest Jones might be the biggest winner uh, post draft among linebackers uh, for anyone here. I agree. And the most delicious part, Bobo, yes. the market has not caught up. He is LB 30 by ADP right now. And I've got him top 10. I'm, I'm very bullish. Like I'm probably a little above the market in terms of like where this guy's being ranked for 2023. But I mean, it's him and nothing else. So keep in mind, 114 tackles on a 66% snap share. Let's say we increase that to 95%. You're looking at 164 yeah. tackles. I mean, I think he's a lock for 150, 160 tackles this year. Um, of course, you can always add the assuming health moniker, but just let's assume health yeah. overall for all these guys. Sure. There's no he reason not to way. like. Yes, I agree. I, I think he should be pacing for about 10, 10 tackles a game, somewhere in that range, you know, nine and a half, 10 tackles. So Ernest Jones, big winner. Let's switch to the other side, though, Scott, and talk about some losers. And let's kick things off with your first guy out of Denver. Who is your first IDP loser? Let's go with Baron Browning. And I like Baron Browning. I mean, obviously crashed on the scene. I believe, was it a Monday or a Thursday night game where he had like, like, Thursday against my Colts. That's right. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to bring this, this up here then, uh, gentlemen, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, he, he, they drafted his replacement. They drafted Drew Sanders, who is the better version of Baron Browning. So I don't know. I feel like his days are a little bit numbered, but he, we saw some like really good games from Browning. Then we saw some really bad games from Browning. And I think uh, Drew Sanders just showed at Arkansas that he could naturally move to linebacker, uh, and, which was surprising to me. But he also, I feel like with them having Jewel and Singleton, he's probably going to sub for uh, Browning more this season and potentially eat into his playing time. So I thought Browning took a little bit of a loss when the Broncos drafted Sanders. Yeah, Bobo, I think this is one of those things where um, we're going to talk about James Houston a little later, and it just seems like we are latching on to with Baron Browning, who's a player I like. I think he is an ascending talent, but I think 
like Scott said, there are red flags that are starting to pop up. And um, price is one for me. Mm-hmm. Going as DL54 right now, give me Randy Gregory at DL80. Yeah. Give me the discount on the Broncos lineman that I don't have to pay up for. Mm-hmm. And um, Adam pointed out something on the, I think it was either the mock draft episode or the, the, the landing spot episode. He said he expects that Drew Sanders will be used a little bit like Caden Ellis, mm-hmm. right? A little bit of that off-ball linebacker with some edge snaps. And so if there is someone that is going to be hurt in a place where they're going to look to get this guy on the field, I don't know that it's over Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton. Now, 2024, we'll be having a different conversation yeah. about where Drew Sanders slots into that. Mm-hmm. But I agree with Scott that if I if I see them getting Sanders on the field, more in 2023, I could see it coming at the expense of Baron Browning. Yeah, you know, new coaching staff, um, Baron Browning, I know we want to assume, you know, everyone is healthy as far as, you know, looking at winners and losers, but Baron Browning has not been healthy. You know, it's just a weird little streak there of games that, you know, he just had a ton of sacks. And um, I don't know, he just seems like a pretty prototypical sell high right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have... Didn't he go to OSU? If you have another OSU fan in your league, you have somebody else who's a Denver Broncos fan. You have somebody else who's looking back at that little small snippet of games where he just had a bunch of sacks, um, you know, and wants wants to give you a second or something for Baron Browning. Honestly, maybe even a third I would be okay to cash out on because I'm not so sure that the, you know, the end of Baron Browning isn't coming sooner rather than later. I think he might kind of meddle around the league for a little while. I just don't know that he is elite like maybe other people are kind of drafting drafting him. He has a little bit of upside, but I don't think it's going to be consistent. And it's, it's, Scott, it's something, too, where it's like new coaching staff coming in. Pay attention to what these guys tell you with right. their free agency moves and their rookie draft choices. And I think the Broncos are sending us a pretty clear message here. They'd rather play their guy, too. That's the guy that they just drafted. So, yep. you know, they owe nothing to Browning. So uh, it's probably going to be a pretty decent competition in camp. We'll see. Yeah, one to pay attention to for sure. Let's talk about a guy, another loser that we were mentioning a little bit before we went on air, Scott. Uh, Patrick Queen, linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is going to sound weird if you haven't really been plugged in this offseason because Patrick Queen actually had his best season by far in terms of fantasy output. He had 94% snap share. 15.14 points per game by big three scoring and the highest graded year by PFF by far of his career. The previous season y'all was like 43 overall defensive grade. (laughs) He finished with a 70 last season and really saw a big bump once Roquan Smith came in, but that's where a little bit of the troubles started here, Scott, because Roquan Smith, Got the bag this offseason, $100 million contract. So that sends up a flag of, oh, no, they're not going to pay two off-ball linebackers big money, which is what Patrick Queen is going to want. And then we see them draft Trenton Simpson and decline Patrick Queen's fifth-year option right after that. So for 2023, I think Queen will still be fine, but... The Simpson move is a look towards 2024 when Patrick Queen will hit free agency. I think he'll land on his feet uh, whenever that happens, 
But these moves have introduced some uncertainty into the mix, Scott, and that's where I have trepidation, and that's why I think it's fair to call Patrick Queen, as we sit here today, a loser for IDP. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Glanville taught us, uh, you know, way back in the late 90s on NFL films that the NFL stands for not for long. And, uh, you know, that's what Patrick Queen is in Baltimore. His time is about up. Uh, as you mentioned, they declined his option. Uh, they went and traded for Roquan in the middle of the season because they weren't getting any good play out of their middle linebackers. They know that Roquan is probably what made Queen a little bit better. So, Let's put someone better in than Queen in there eventually, and let's go get a guy like Simpson who's athletic, who can you know cover as well. And like you said, I mean, you know, IDP is great sometimes because you can draft players that aren't good and they'll still put you good stats up. But we got to worry about those guys getting pushed off of their job, and that's exactly what's happening now. I think the snap percentage is going to be way lower for Queen this year, probably closer to the back end of the year. So. Another guy that, you know, if Queen has a couple big weeks and you're rostering him, you know, the trade him at his peak, get rid of him and uh, watch him tumble as Simpson eats more and more into that job. And Bobo, this is a good lesson we've talked about before on the show. Don't hold too tightly to these linebackers because you have a Patrick Queen that will be, a, I think, a valuable asset for 2023. Mm-hmm. And you could say, well, I'm going to hold him. I'm going to play the Bobby O'Karake game mm-hmm. and see if he lands in a primo spot, and then that gamble pays off. But on the flip side, you also could have a Drew Tranquil situation where you land in a Kansas City linebacker room that has three other viable options, and suddenly your IDP value is dust. So you just have to be careful not getting too attached to these linebackers. And if you have that sell window, it's probably best to take advantage of it. You know, because even sitting here six months ago who who would have said yeah they just brought roquan in and they've got pat queen they're they're pretty set for a while you know but these exactly like scott's saying not for long especially with the linebackers if you have an opportunity to sell um unless you have two three four of these blue chip bobby wagner type linebackers if you feel like you're getting the upside um it's always a good sale because um Trenton Simpson, I feel like this is almost more of a story about him than it is about Pat Queen. Pat Queen, to me, sides more along the Zach Cunningham side than he does the Bobby O'Karake side. I see Pat Queen as a bad player. I don't see him as someone who could potentially get a Bobby O'Karake type spot in another year. So I don't think Queen is a good linebacker. And I think Baltimore knows that. You got Baltimore who has produced some really good linebackers in the history, basically not picking up Pat Queen's option saying, you know what? We're pretty We're much fine. done with you. Yeah. Trenton Simpson though. Letting you walk. Four, four, three, 40, 40 inch vertical. Um, dear God, I, Trenton Simpson's rookie value right now um, in offense and, and uh, IDP mixed leagues is about a mid fourth. Give me that over uh, Drew Sanders, Jack Campbell, even Dion Henley, you know, second round. Just wait and uh, scoop give me up f- the value. Yeah, give me fourth round Trenton Simpson all day long because I I think he, him and Dorian Williams could be some sneaky, sneaky yes. linebacker ones coming out of this rookie class. I agree, Scott. There's a great principle that our, our buddy Evan Ronda talks about on the show of pouring value out of one bucket into another. And anytime I can pour value out of my linebacker bucket into my defensive line edge rusher bucket, that's the play right there. 
absolutely. I mean, you know, the highest rotational spot in football is on the defensive line. So if you can get a guy that plays a bunch of snaps, they're few and far between, and that makes them harder to come by. So absolutely, I am with that principle 100%. Why don't you keep us rolling? Talk about a winner from the New York Jets. Who is your next guy? Let's go with Quincy Williams, another guy who I'm going to lean on the fact that they did not draft his replacement uh, in the draft this year, and they're not very deep at this position. Obviously, C.J. Mosley is a crusty old vet who, you know, I think we kind of expected, like, he had the knee injury, and then he took 2020 off. We're all kind of, ooh, what's going on here? Uh, but then he just cut, comes in and puts up stellar numbers two years in a row. We're like, all right, C.J. Mosley's fine. So Quincy next to him was fine as well last year. I wouldn't call him a good player. This is a lot like Patrick Queen, uh, where he's on the field for almost all the snaps, so we love him for IDP. And if you're going to funnel traffic to one guy on this team, it's going to be Quincy Williams. The defensive line is great. Obviously, the one of the best secondaries in the league. They just traded for a very smart player in Chuck Clark. They got Jordan Whitehead back there. Like You want to filter plays towards Quincy Williams because him and maybe DJ Reed, who played well last year, are the weak link on this defense. So I think Quincy won by uh, not having even really competition. I mean, they drafted Barnes in the sixth. I don't think he's going to push Quincy. So, I mean, it looks like he's ready to go unless they bring somebody else in. Babo, it says something to me when a team lets a guy walk, yeah. has plenty of options. Linebacker we talked about on those free agency preview episodes was so plentiful this offseason. And rather than signing someone else, or like Scott said, drafting his replacement, they decide to bring this guy back. Yeah. That, to me, says we like this guy, we have a plan for this guy, and then to see the trap door not open up beneath his feet after the draft, yep. I agree. I think Quincy is a very good low-key winner, going as LB50 right now, yeah. so not going to cost you a lot. I've got him. We have him as our LB43 by consensus in our rankings. Mm -hmm. um, so I love him as like a LB4-5 that you can plug in in yep. those bye weeks, kind of a spot start. Um, we know what Quincy can do, and we love the Kentucky boy for it. Yep. Quincy, 12.4 uh, points in 2021, 12.4 point average in 2022. Amazingly consistent right there. Keep at it there, Quincy. But no, I agree. I think Quincy could be a nice little buy. Um, you know, if you're in one of these deeper leagues that you start three or four linebackers, um, I feel fine starting Quincy. Um, it seemed like four or five games out of last season, he had double-digit tackles. Um, Quincy's not an LB1, but he is going to give you some LB2, LB3 upside yep. from one week to the next. I, agree. I, I think for the price of Quincy, because especially with that three-year deal, you know he's probably going to be with uh, you know Robert Sala and the Jets for at least two more years. Go send somebody a fifth for Quincy just yeah. for some backup. Yep. It's fine. Absolutely. Let's keep it rolling, Scott, and keep talking some linebackers. Everybody's favorite position. We know y'all love linebackers out mm -hmm. there if you're listening. So let's talk about another one from the Minnesota Vikings. It is Brian Osamoa, one of our off-season darlings. We were talking up this guy going back to January. We knew the writing was on the wall for Eric Kendricks. And even though we just saw glimpses of what Brian Osamoa could do, for this Vikings defense last year, what we saw was very nice. He graded out well, 78.8 overall grade by PFF, 78.1 in coverage, which is very, mm -hmm. very good sign. You like the linebacker that can cover. He saw just 119 total snaps in his rookie season, and he didn't see more than 20-plus snaps until week 15. But 
as we mentioned, Eric Kendricks out the door, off to the Los Angeles Chargers, 1,094 snaps, that's 94% gone with him, 137 total tackles, 8 TFLs, yes, Jordan Hicks is still there, but don't forget, Jordan Hicks was benched in favor of Brian Asamoah late last season, and what did they do to address Eric Kendricks' departure in the draft? Next to nothing, they brought in Ivan Pace Jr., who we like, but if he makes the team, we'll probably be playing special teams. Scott, you mentioned Ernest Jones as maybe the biggest offseason winner. I would put Brian Osamoa up there as well. I know. I was like, guys, if you want me to make a list, you got to leave somebody for me here, <laughs> uh, with uh, Osamoa being on this list. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a great spot for him uh, to be in. Uh, we knew that Kendricks probably wasn't long uh, for this team. And I'm glad that Jordan Hicks can finally stay somewhere and not go and ruin somebody's opportunity or job, right? Because that is what he's been in recent years, bouncing around from team to team, just taking somebody else's job. Uh, so I'm glad that he can stick and we can get a full look at awesome, awesome. Whoa. I want to keep calling him uh, awesome. Whoa. I don't know why uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> remembering. Yeah. yeah. Nandi. I'm remembering yeah. Nandi from so long ago. So, but uh, yeah, I think it's a great spot to be in and, you know, a guy that should see many, many, many snaps, you know, uh, probably going to be in the 90 to 95 percent range if it all goes well for him so uh i love it Bye -bye. brian asamoa is going to be the type of guy where week 10 week 12 you're going to look up and you're going to say oh my gosh he's an lb1 yeah i mean we have him <laughs> as our lb24 on the season by consensus our redraft rankings and uh, he is going as LB36 right now. It's very similar so, to Ernest Jones. Great value. It's just the perfect storm. You know, you have opportunity. You have a guy who has a little draft capital. He was the second pick in the third round. Um, decent enough, you know, metrics, 4.5640, 10-inch uh, broad jump, you know, 8.92 RAS, all of this in Adam's Dynasty ranks, the idpshow.com. Um, but no, Brian Asamoah, not a name that a ton of your common IDP players are going to know right now, but it's going to be a name that they're going to know by week 10. I guarantee you that. Yeah. If not sooner. I mean, I think we are very high on where, uh, what the potential is for Brian Asamoah. I actually wanted to look and see. So Eric Hendricks, this just tells you mm -hmm. the market has not caught up yet. Eric Hendricks going as the LB23. And like I mentioned, Asamoah going as the LB36. Wow. Give me Asamoah all day long with that new opportunity. So let's switch from the positive to the negative, Scott, and talk about your next loser here. And we are going to the quarterback position. Who's the next guy on your list? Yeah, I just realized that my notes, uh, my computer died earlier. My notes all erased. But I'll go with Darius Williams because they drafted Antonio Johnson, who spent uh, the majority of his time at uh, Texas A&M playing in the slot, which is Darius's spot. I believe Darius, um, if I'm remembering my notes correctly, was one of the more targeted uh, cornerbacks in the league last year, uh, graded out fairly poorly as well. So I just think Darius Williams has a couple bad games. Now you have options uh, to, to put in there in the slot. So um, I just, I feel like, Antonio Johnson could usurp his job at some point this season. So if you're in the CB only league and uh, you know, you're looking at Darius Williams, all those targets are great for IDP. But once again, this is a guy that maybe be pushed up. He might get pushed off of his job. Yeah, Bobo. I think if there was any relevancy left for Darius Williams, 
there in Jacksonville. I think the signing of Antonio Johnson is a fifth-round pick. A guy that I know from listening to the Big Nickel, because see, there was Anthony Johnson and Antonio Johnson. Yes. And I get those guys confused. I <laughs> think Antonio, <laughs> yeah, I think Antonio Johnson was the one they liked. So seeing him land there in Jacksonville, even with the later draft capital, I mean, the safeties went so late in this draft. Mm-hmm. I don't put a whole lot of stock into the fact that it was a fifth round pick because that's pretty mm-hmm. high for where a lot of these safeties went. Mm-hmm. And um, if you were holding out hope for Darius Williams and maybe some CB streaming relevancy, I would be very hesitant now. That's true. That's true. I can't sit here and act to be a, a huge Darius Williams uh, stand, nor even uh, know too much knowledge about I was going to say, he Williams, was of your, but... formerly of your Rammies, was he <laughs> yeah, not? Yeah, correct, correct. But uh, I don't Targeted know. Targeted 90 times last year. Uh, that Darius helps. Williams. That helps. Yes, that um, is a great, a, again, not a great stat if you're an NFL player, and mm-hmm. that probably speaks to why they drafted Antonio Johnson. But uh, for IDP purposes, we like the guys to get thrown at. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. Um, again, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you're happy to see him off your Rams. Yeah, uh, he, I'm sure he, that he was, uh, not, he was not great. You're not losing not any sleep over that. Yeah, so big loser, big loser, big great time pick, loser. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about some winners and uh, let's go with actually, no, let's do another loser. Yeah, let's, let's, do, let's do it. Let's do another loser. Let me tee you up. Okay. I want to hear what you have to say here about Trey Hendrickson, the edge for the Cincinnati Bengals. I know we're going to get a lot of love for this. Uh, 2022 snaps. He had 629 snaps on the season which was a 65% snap share, 11.32 points per game, 32 tackles, 6 TFL, 8 sacks, 47.5 sack yards, 3 forced fumbles, 3 fumble recoveries, and 24 quarterback hits. He did have a a defensive grade from PFF of 85, and he had a pass rush grade of 90. But, Joshua, why do you think Trey Hendrickson here is a loser? Well, we saw a dip in production, and we don't want to necessarily say – causation, correlation, but I think we'd be silly to ignore the fact that Cincinnati drafted Miles Murphy in the first round right after that dip, and I think that wasn't so much a a reflection of Hendrickson's performance as it is the fact that his dead cap hit drops from $8 million this year to $2.5 million next year, creating $15 million in savings in a year where they're going to need that money, Scott, for yeah. Joe Burrow's extension, T. Higgins' extension. Jamar so, Chase's extension. <laughs> just like Patrick Queen, uncertainty is not a good thing for Hendrickson's dynasty outlook, especially at age 29 mm-hmm. in 2024 when he probably gets cut and hits free agency. I think what happens in 2023 will largely impact his future and what kind of deal he gets on a new team if it comes to that. But if I had to bet, I'd say our best days for IDP are behind Hendrickson at this point. But what's your temperature on the edge rusher there in Cincinnati, Scott? Uh, I mean, lukewarm. I, I was, I'm a much bigger Sam Hubbard fan. Uh, You're I think, a smart man. Yeah, Sam Hubbard is a much, much better player. And I'll push back on on Hendrickson losing value a little bit. I mean, everything you said is correct. When they replace, when they have obviously replaced you in the draft, your days are numbered. You're going to have less production, and I, I do think that's correct. I'll push back on his production being lower because this guy doesn't do anything but get to the quarterback. It's not like he's out there stacking a bunch of sacks. So maybe keeping him gassed up is half of the purpose here. 
to go after the quarterback instead of, you know, having to take on chip blocks and stuff because they just have nobody behind you. I mean, Joseph Osai, not really big enough to play true four three end. So, uh, you know, I, I think that that is part of it. So I think he'll lose less than anticipated, but it's just because he doesn't need that many snaps, kind of like a big play wide receiver on the offensive side. He doesn't need that many uh, snaps. He just needs to get to the quarterback because that's what we're depending on anyway. So absolutely lost value. How much? I don't know. I have him low anyway. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, the market is, um, I wouldn't say totally off Hendrickson DL 40 right now. That includes, of course, defensive tackle and edge rusher on sleeper. How many so, sacks do you think Hendrickson had in 2021? 2021? He had a bunch. He had Was 14. Like 12. Yeah, I was gonna had, say yeah. So he had fourteen, fourteen yeah. sacks in twenty twenty one that dropped to seven in twenty twenty two. Now, sure, the seven is okay. That's a solid number, but it's probably not solid enough for where you drafted him, and it's also not solid that those seven sacks came in five games. Trey Hendrickson is turning into a better best ball option than yes, he is dynasty I agree. option. I'd much rather have him in best ball, um, and it's like. Scott, if you could combine Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson together, <laughs> and you, you'd have the best defensive lineman of all time, potentially. Yeah, you have Max Crosby. So, exactly. You know, I mean, that was tackle that machine <laughs> that also gets sacks. It would be right. ideal. The other low key thing to pay attention to that might make a difference might might not. Sam Hubbard is from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. played at OSU. So if there's a guy that's going to stick on the roster, and there's a guy that's going to you know that they're going to let go. They're going to hold on to the Cincinnati guy. I think so, too. You would think the morale there of the Cincinnati fans would want Hubbard more than Hendrickson. So, um, I don't know. It's the tea leaves, man. you got to read them. And, uh, they're both going to have to be gone if they pay all those offensive guys. That's so, true. Honestly. They're going to be replacing some. Uh, they're going to be true. drafting another edge rusher right. next year, too, to get cheaper at that position. But we'll see. I think if Watch one the or, Bengals pull a uh, Tyreek and just let both those wide receivers go. Let both of them go. go. <laughs> just let them both go. Burrow can throw to anybody. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's jump back up to the winners and uh, talk about Probably, I think we brought this up on another show, Scott. Maybe one of the most slept on mm-hmm. IDPs in the game right now. Who is your next winner? Uh, my next winner, I'm going to go with Jonathan Grenard uh, from Houston. And uh, the the we, the reason I like him is because we're a year removed from just outstanding production from Grenard. And you add Will Anderson on the other side of that line. The, uh, they spent some money on this defensive line as well. You have D'Amico Ryan's coming in, uh, a defensive yes. mind. So I just think, uh, you know, I think we're going to probably not see what we saw. Uh, I believe it was in 2021 was uh, Grenard's big year. Uh, but I, he should be much improved because he was pretty miserable last year. Yeah, going as DL60 <laughs> right now, Bobo. Yeah. Uh, the disrespect is real for a guy that – I think could be depending on how many defensive, you know, defensive end edge guys you start in your league. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a league where maybe you're starting three mm-hmm. edge defensive ends, um, I think this guy could be in the mix as an every week starter. I really think the rising tide of D'Amico Ryan's coming in mm-hmm. with Will Anderson opposite you. I mean, what's not to like at DL sixty prices? of Jonathan Grenard right now. Scott, you don't know me too well, but I'm about a halfway cowboy and uh, I mow <laughs> and uh, bush hog and, and ride on a tractor way too much uh, in my life. And uh, I have what's called mower thoughts. Yes, that, uh, like shower thoughts, but not, on the mower. It's not popular. It's just, you know, 
It's my thing. It's kind of my brand. You, I, did, uh, I did landscaping before, man. I've done I've done all that. So it's yeah. nonsensical. Scott gets it. Things that come in your brain, and uh, you know, I was on the back forty the other day and just had to, you know, shut the mower off as the sun was setting. Just put my head in my hands, just crying, just tears in my eyes, thinking about thinking about those two edges, just just wreaking havoc down yes. there in Houston. <laughs> Um, it's a deeply, I, deeply emotional experience for you. I, I, I came, I came out of those back forty a changed man, and I have been drafting Jonathan Grenard higher and higher in every draft that I've been You're in. You're probably now, single-handedly pushing his ADP up. I love, I've loved Grenard ever since he came into the league a couple years ago when he had that small little, the little Baron Browning sample of just <laughs> sack games. Yes. I have not been able to get off of Grenard. I don't think that he is a true number one. I think now with having help with Will Anderson, that's going to make Jonathan Grenard even better this year. And Rankins. Um, at, yeah, oh, absolutely. Rankins too. And D'Amico and Ryans. I mean, we, we can't you know sit here and act like Jonathan Grenard is not going to benefit from having uh, And don't D'Amico. forget, old man Jerry Hughes is still oh, there yeah. as well, yeah. which, I mean, that's just some nice uh, depth along that defensive line. And the thing for me with Grenard is he's just forgotten. He's yes, just a cast-off in a lot of these drafts. You know, I mean, go D- throw a fourth somebody's way and I'm sure they would happily give you uh, Grenard at this point yeah DL60 he's being looked at as like bi-week fill-in yeah and I think the upside is much higher for this Texans team I'm mad general. we didn't pick that one Scott yeah thanks <laughs> you, you got us back good. on taking Grenard so let's move to another edge rusher that is being slept on and it's easy to see why injury sapped most of his rookie season. We're talking about David Ajabo of the Baltimore Ravens. And one thing that the Ravens are very good at, and we saw this play out with Trenton Simpson being drafted more than any other team in the league. I believe the Ravens are the best at drafting a year before they need to fill a spot. So David Ajabo was drafted in the second round, despite the Achilles tear at his pro day, still one of the most gutting scenes seeing yeah. this guy holding his Achilles at his pro day right before the draft. And yet they took him in the second uh, second round. Uh, Michigan product, when he was with the Wolverines, his final year, 87.9 pass rush grade, 43 pressures, 11 sacks, 7 QB hits. He only played properly in one game in week 18 versus the Bengals. He had a sack on one pressure on 16 pass rush snaps. So we're not going to do any sort of crazy extrapolation no, from that. Let's do it. But <laughs> but 16 sacks incoming for David Ajabo. Um, given the draft capital, the strong college profile, the lack of competition among that Baltimore defensive line. Scott, I think Ojabo projects pretty well for 2023. I mean, watching the Ravens draft, unless it's wide receivers, is the most infuriating thing as a Steelers fan because they just sit right where they are and then take the best, most safest player on the board every single year. And I'm like, how the hell did the Ravens get Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum and David Ojabo? all in this draft, right? Like it is just absurd what they did here because David Ojabo was working his way to be a top 15 player. I mean, there were people talking him up over Aiden Hutchinson, his teammate at Michigan. So I, uh, you know, just to, to see him obviously an Achilles tear is in a major injury, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not a hundred percent sure exactly if he's going to be the same guy coming off of that injury as he was before. But I mean, take a risk. And, and did you say where he was going? What his ADP is? He is DL fifty eight. Fifty eight is too low. Take too a low. shot. 
you got to gamble on defensive line anyway, because you're going to have to get a guy that's in there for over 50% of the snaps. And most of them aren't. So Scott, uh, uh snap Dave, him up. David Ojabo or Josh Uche for 2023. Oh, Ojabo. I like uh, Uche too. Uh, Uche is great. It's just New England. I don't, I don't want to try to figure that out. Uh, everybody gets 25%. Ball. Yes, exactly. The pie slice is just irregular from one week to the next. Here's the here's the strategy, Scott. You load up on DL early. You snag those three down linebackers, yeah. and then you come in. You sprinkle in a Jonathan Grenard at DL sixty, a David Ajabo at DL fifty eight, and you just profit all season long. I'm gonna put you on a tough one here, Ajabo or Felix Uzama. I'm gonna go with David Ajabo. Wow! Yeah. Wow! And maybe I, I like Felix at Aduke Uzama. Yeah. Um, I also like Carl uh, Loftus there yeah. as well. Um, but give me the guy that's been in the NFL for a year. Maybe Ojabo helps Oway a little bit as well. We saw Oway yeah. just in the depths of special teams last year. Yeah. And I know Owe. they still have Tyus Bowser, but Oway's not a one. Maybe this helps some. I'm just trying to. Trying to kind of hype up Oway a little bit. Oway's still getting too much love. DL 59 Man, going ahead crazy. of Jonathan Grenard. Get the I hell out like of here with that. All of Oway's good games have been on national television. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I've been saying this forever, Scott. <laughs> oh, oh my good, gosh. Good. Every time it's primetime television, Oway's getting a sack, yes. man. Are they Probably on primetime? You start to... him that week. We're gonna Absolutely. do karate in the garage, man. Like, <laughs> uh, we're both doing. We're both landscaping, loving Grenard, yes, mowing, you know, mowing forty man. acres, uh, having deep thoughts. What a what a what a budding friendship here, Scott. It's, it's gonna be a great time, man. I, I'm I'm ready for. It. But yeah, man, uh, Ojabo is a great pick here. Another one where I was like, man, I have to make my own list. I got to look at their list again. They might have taken everybody. <laughs> so David Ojabo is a winner. So is Jonathan Grenard. Let's switch gears again. Go to the loser side. I always hate saying loser because nah, these guys are these like point zero one percent athlete millionaires, like living their dream of playing professional football. But just in the context of they have lost value post draft, people, we're not calling them losers like yeah. we're like high school bullies here. <laughs> who is who is? Well, maybe Scott is. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no. But who is your next loser? And we're going to the Motor City, Detroit. Uh, hit us with your next guy here. Yeah, this one depresses me uh, because me I didn't want to believe it at first, and I still kind of don't. I'll say Malcolm Rodriguez, but I hope it's Anzalone, uh, Anzalone, however you say his name. Yeah, the guy is worthless. Like, I mean, great. He can stand in the middle of the defense and tackle guys 12 yards downfield uh, like, like a middle linebacker, uh, a bad middle linebacker can, you know. Um, God, I can't, I'm uh, forgetting the guy from Washington forever. Bostic, John Bostic. That same guy. Let's make a tackle nine yards downfield. I mean, great. You got the stop, but you're terrible. So, you know, they bring in Jack Campbell in the first round, which everyone hated. I actually didn't hate it as much as everybody else, uh, but everybody hated that. But, I mean, the linebackers are pretty thin in this draft. The Lions go and get their guy. He's going to get the green dot probably midway through the season, if not from day one. He is going to be a team leader. They're going to build this whole defense around Jack Campbell. So it's only one other linebacker spot. Is it Anzalone? Is it Malcolm Rodriguez? I don't know, but I think they probably both lost. But I'll say Malcolm Rodriguez because it looks like he's going to be on his way to the bench. 
Yeah, I agree. They brought back Anzalone, porn parody Thor, as we like to call him, uh, <laughs> the Prince of Asgard, as John Macri mm-hmm. likes to say. But they brought this guy back. So if I'm reading the tea leaves of like, are they going to go with the guy they brought back on a decent money deal? I mean, Anzalone got yeah. way more money than he should have gotten. He should have gotten negative. He should have to pay some of his previous contract back. <laughs> Instead, gets a nice sized bag and free agency from the team that let him walk. And so are they going to go with that guy or the fifth round rookie, you know, hard knocks darling? My money is on Anzalone probably starting the season as the LB2 there. I agree. I think there are some folks, Scott, who are maybe a little tepid on Jack Campbell out the gate, but it's like, dog, they spent a first round pick on this linebacker. This guy was, for most people, the LB1 in this class. What am I missing here? They're going to fire this guy up right away, right? Uh, you you would think so. You know, uh, I, I'll, I'll say this, that a lot of times linebackers have a tough transition, but, you know, spending a first-round pick, it, it says two things. Number one, it says we love this guy, and number two, it says we have an issue at this position. So, I, I mean, I think both those combined say that Jack Campbell should get the majority of the snaps at middle linebacker. Yeah. Babo, who loses out there, Rodrigo or Anzalone? Oh, it's uh, it's Malcolm. You know, exactly like Adam has said in the past, you have small opportunities to sell these six-round picks in the NFL. You know, we had our Jack Sanborn moment. We've had our Monty Rice moment. We've had <laughs> Malcolm Rodriguez moments. When those moments arise... 95% of the time, selling is the best option available. You sometimes get a Brian Osamoa situation mm-hmm. where you avoid the trap door, yeah. but sometimes you don't. And so, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Scott. The porn hammer is meet a near <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> Mjolnir. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. There's, yes. there's a large portion of our audience. I maintain that the overlap between MCU nerds and IDP nerds is a very large <laughs> section of the Venn diagram. So a lot of folks, I think, appreciated that. But, um, yeah, so we have Malcolm Rodriguez, a loser for Detroit. Uh, let's talk about our next loser here, and let's stick in Detroit with Kirby Joseph, safety. Now saw a 77% snap share, 878 snaps in two, uh, 2022, 10.4 points per game. So this is a kind of the opposite case of Ernest Jones and the Rams, where it was like Will Smith gif in the empty room looking around at nobody. <laughs> Suddenly, this DB room in Detroit, Scott, has gotten pretty crowded with the additions of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Brian Branch, Tracy Walker coming back from injury. Now, could Kirby Joseph win out against these guys? Sure, it's entirely possible, but it's a mess to figure out. And this team is clearly trying to tell us something, much like the Jack Campbell selection is signaling something about Alex Anzalone and Malcolm Rodriguez. I think they're trying to tell us something about the existing DB options, and I think we'd be wise to listen. I'm not saying we should be out on Kirby Joseph, but as we stand here near the end of May, Scott, I think it's fair to call him a loser for IDP. Uh, I, I think it's fair. I think that Tracy Walker probably gets hurt week one or two, and then Kirby <laughs> Joseph is right back to his I- enormous snap share because that's what Walker has done to us recently. Uh, but you know, like you said, 
and this is not something I even really put together, but obviously uh, the defensive uh, backfield for Detroit was bad. And Jack Campbell was one of the best coverage linebackers as well. They spent so much money on three corners because CJ Gardner Johnson, I mean, he's going to, he's going to end up uh, playing slot corner. You would think most of the time. Uh, so, uh, and then Brian branch, what are we doing with them? We spent a high pick on him. Is he a slot guy in dime only? Is he playing nickel linebacker? Like, is he taking some of Joseph and Walker snaps, right? Is he just a rotational guy? So I think you could probably say all three of the safeties, uh, took a little bit off of their fastball here when they, uh, snapped up Brian branch. Yeah, this was a kind of dark horse, like sleeper mm -hmm. kind of guy there, Bobo, Kirby Joseph. And like Scott said, now a lot of these Detroit options, I don't know, I'm just staying away. There's certain position groups yeah. I just don't want anything to do with. Um, and I'll, I would rather just wait and see how things play out in Detroit. I'm not going to be adding these guys and running any of them out there week one. Watching some of Kirby Joseph last year, I didn't think he was a very good player. He just kind of falls on tackles from time to time. He did have a couple interceptions. I think he had three interceptions, four interceptions on the season. So that helped a little bit. But he only had one game of double-digit tackles. Um, Scott's right. Probably a few of these guys get dinged a little bit. Um, you know, that fastball is not 98 anymore. It might be 94 now. You know, they're hoping they've got a nice cutter for the, uh, you know, the <laughs> latter part of their uh, MLB career. Um, but in my opinion, it's C.D. Deuce and Brian Branch. Those are the two that I want there in Detroit, which, you know, that's what most of IDP wants right now. But now might be a good time to kind of buy those guys. I don't know how muddy this is going to be for how long. Well, Let's play the game of who would you rather have at ADP? So Kirby Joseph going as DB 47 right now. Scott, would you rather have uh, in a, let's say in a DB league, because that's what the ADP we have here is. Okay. Would you rather have Kirby Joseph or Derek Forrest? Oh. Uh, I don't like anybody here. Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll lean with Forrest a little bit. What about Lewis Seen or Kirby Joseph? I'll take Kirby Joseph there. What about? I'm, I'm not sold that Bynum doesn't get snaps. What about Nate Hobbs, cornerback for the Las Vegas Raiders? I don't like Nate Hobbs either. I'll take Kirby Joseph over him as well. Mm. Okay, so there you go. Uh, okay, here's a good one. This is a guy I actually like, and I've been snatching up a lot in these DB leagues. Kyler Gordon, cornerback for the Bears, or Kirby mm. Joseph? That I could probably go Kyler. I think Kyler's still going to be on whoever the number one is, going to get a lot of targets. So, yeah, I'll, go, about... I'll go with Kyler there. Kirby Joseph or Derwin James? <laughs> <laughs> that's a tougher discussion, Bobby. I think that's one you're going to have to think about and pray over on the mower. Uh, so <laughs> let's uh, let's move back to the winning side, Scott, and talk about a guy from the San Francisco 49ers. We know Joey the Tooth is a big fan of this guy, and I agree. I think he is a big-time winner. Who's the next guy on your list? Give me Drake Jackson, and it's just because with, you know, all of those hundreds of third-round picks that the Niners had, they didn't take anyone else to kind of push him. Yeah, obviously, they signed Colin Furl in the offseason and Kerry Hyder, uh, but, uh, I mean, they're not going to push him, and he's on a line now, boys, with Bosa, yeah. Gravedigger, and Eric Armstead. Like, this is uh, the best defensive line outside of Philly in the league. And this is the guy that should get the least amount of attention. 
So I'm excited to see what he can do with a full array of snaps here. Man, I keep forgetting Jerron Hargrave is in the, the San Francisco. Yeah. Yes, man. Wow. That, Next that to a healthy, line. hopefully, Eric Armstead. That's right. So that defensive line got a lot better. Scott, something we talk about often on this show that I think is playing into Drake Jackson's favor, defensive line, it just takes time for these guys to develop, to mature, to learn how to play the position. So we had to be patient with these guys. And uh, I think Drake Jackson, if you had him last year, you held on to him, you got him in a dynasty league, like a rookie draft, uh, this guy is going to start to pay dividends this year and into subsequent years. Yeah, I mean... Uh, obviously he's a risk because we haven't seen him do it and maybe we're a year early. I mean, that happens all the time, right? So, uh, potentially we could be, but I think, um, I no, think Drake's going to have you're a wrong. Year. You're <laughs> wrong. I've watched Clellan Farrell play football. Yeah, it's I'm just not like, worried who about who else is there. You I'm know? not worried about getting a overdrafting Drake Jackson between <laughs> me and Josh. We have, about 90% of the best ball shares of Drake it's Jackson. It's true. I take him all the time because he's going as DL 77 right now. Yeah. Like that is so you guys tremendous him on the list value. You've already talked about him too much. And then here I am bringing him up, huh? Exactly. We teed you up <laughs> Look, on that one. Anytime somebody wants to bring up Drake Jackson, I am happy because I think he's one of those guys like in a Jabo that just kind of gets forgotten. Mm -hmm. If these dudes don't pop, it's like bust, dump him, <laughs> get somebody else. People. Be patient with these edge rushers. It often takes into year three, year four. Could we be a year early? Absolutely possible. Um, but given what we have seen this San Francisco team do uh, in terms of adding to that defensive line, but importantly, not replacing Drake Jackson, you know they had to go get that third-round kicker, Scott. So yeah, there, wasn't, there wasn't room to add an edge rusher to the mix. My buddy uh, over at in this league, the Welsh, huge 49ers fan, also hates kickers wearing 90 numbers. And I was like, well, unfortunately, wasn't he drafted number 99, uh, this yes. kicker? Yes, so he was. He, I mean, there's no, how can you not wear 99? You if got you're to. A kicker and that's where you were drafted, right? Come on. So I think he's going to have a kicker that was drafted in the third round and has number 99. So I don't know what that's the hell John Lynch was thinking. So. That's just gross. Look, look at the season that, um, oh my gosh, he was a Ram two years ago, and he was a 49er uh, defensive lineman last year. Was it Ebucam? Yes. Look at the season that Ebucam had, and yeah. uh, you know how he how he progressed as a defensive lineman there in San Francisco with help alongside. I think you could see a similar type year for Drake Jackson. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, losing D'Amico Ryan's, yeah, but sure. this team sheds defensive coordinator seems like every two or three years. So <laughs> I think they've done a nice job bringing up uh, some guys in house that can keep the ship afloat there. But just something to keep in mind with D'Amico Ryan's they're now just in Houston this year. Yeah, they're absolutely <laughs> the worst defense we've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about speaking of Houston. Our next winner is James Houston, edge rusher for the Detroit Lions. Again. A small sample size, but a monster producer on just 32% of snaps, 140 snaps. This guy averaged 15.76 points per game by big three scoring, eight sacks, 12 tackles, one forced fumble, and a fumble recovery with 11 QB hits. He graded beautifully across the board, 80.2 overall PFF grade and an 88.2 pass rush grade. This dude is good at football. And once he got on the field in week 12, he was a revelation. He was a sixth round pick out of Jackson State. 
eight sacks in seven games while only playing 30-plus snaps in just two games, weeks 17 and 18. Now, is he a prime regression candidate? Of course, no one is going to put up that kind of production on more snaps, but I do think he is in line for a larger workload given that all of Detroit's additions were at positions besides defensive line. We mentioned C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton, Jack Campbell, Brian Branch, Tracy Walker coming back off injury. This bodes very well for whoever is opposite Aiden Hutchinson. I think, Scott, even if James Houston comes back to earth, you have to call him a post-draft winner. You talk about a guy that performed on national television as well, right? Like uh, two sacks on Thanksgiving, and then wasn't uh, I, maybe his other three sack game wasn't wanted that turkey leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he got it too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is um, this is a good one. I am annoyed. I play most of my leagues on on fan tracks, and he only qualifies at linebacker there, mm. which is super really oh that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, hopefully we we get that change to true positions soon. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, if he qualifies on the D line, absolutely fantastic pick as a linebacker middling. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who can actually win that spot. I mean, it, it is possible that it is James Houston. I think Romeo Aquara is still there. Um, I think you have Julian Aquara there as well. Um, so they're going to have some help there on the line. Um, I kind of agree with them not taking a lineman. I think with uh, Aiden Hutchinson there, um, they needed help in other positions. So, yeah, I mean, James Houston – He's a, he's a forgotten commodity in a lot of these drafts. He's just going super, super late. Um, that's kind of the brand that we're going with this year. You know, grab your Nick Bosa, grab your, uh, you know, TJ Watt early on, then get your linebackers and come back for these James Houstons and Drake Jacksons. Um, that's the uh, that's the big three way for 2023. And, you know, I'm fine with Houston. I'm sure he's going Really, really late. Josh is about to tell me right now. Well, he's actually going in a range where it's probably fair. It's DL 48. Some of the guys going around him right now, Jalen Carter, Zach Allen. Give me Zach Allen between those two. Mm -hmm. Ed Oliver. uh, You also have Nolan Smith going in that range. Uh, Right above him, you have Josh Uche. So I think he's probably being just a smidge overdrafted right now, Mm -hmm. but... As a back-end DL4, I don't think that's too rich, uh, but there's no denying the opportunity is absolutely there for him, and he earned more playing time last season. So James Houston, we are calling him a winner. Let's spin back over to the negative side, though, Scott, and talk about your next loser. And this was one of the first guys I thought about when night one of the draft happened. Who are we talking about here? Chandler Jones. Uh, Chandler Jones is long in the tooth. He's getting older. I mean, what was wasn't his one great game was when Jacoby Myers literally threw the ball into his hands and yes. all he had to do was run it in. It just maybe the worst play in NFL history. And I watched Plexico Burris get up and spike it without being touched live. Right? Like, I mean, just one of the most boneheaded plays in the history of the NFL, and Chandler Jones had his biggest day off of it. I mean, Tyree Wilson is coming in to take that job. I mean, Chandler Jones obviously uh, has taken a step back. Great player. Uh, I lived in Arizona while he was on the Cardinals. They loved him there, obviously. But, uh, yeah, just um, he's decaying anyway, and he has a first-round top-10 talent uh, eating into his spot. And it's a great spot for Tyree across from Max Crosby. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Chandler Jones, unfortunately, 
uh, probably going to be taking a backseat to the kid sooner rather than later. I agree, Bobo. This one is very easy. They spent a very high pick on Tyree Wilson, mm-hmm. top 10. And the, the Raiders' defense was so bad, they could have gone a million different directions with this selection. And they said, even though we have Max Crosby and paid Chandler Jones a billion dollars, uh, we want to bring in Tyree Wilson. So this is obviously not going to spell the end of Max Crosby. As we know, Chandler Jones is the guy on the chopping block. I'm still taking him in some of these best balls, but it's very, very late. Uh, just as like a maybe I can grab like a you know one or two sack game here or there from him this season. But in managed leagues, I have no interest in Chandler Jones. No, not at all. Um, and our boy Adam really likes Tyree Wilson. Let's just put it that way. Uh, he's got him pretty high in the uh, in the old dynasty range. Where's he got him right now? Um, he has him overall 25 right now. Look at I'm him. I scrolled over to see which edge it is. It's pretty high. I'd say he's in the top 15 edges okay. at this point. Interesting. Scott, you're going to be doing, I believe, some dynasty rankings here fairly soon. Where do you think Tyree Wilson will be spl- uh, slotting in, speaking of the rookie? Um, I mean, pretty high, obviously. I Right now... Uh, I don't have him 25 overall. I haven't done my overall, but among linemen, I I think I'm going to have him at like 13 or 12. Maybe I'm a little low. So here's a little exercise for you. Uh, Tyree Wilson or Trayvon Walker? Ooh. I'll still take Walker uh, by by a little bit. All right. Tyree Wilson or Uchenna Nwosu? Oh, God. I love Nwosu. I I have Nwosu a couple spots ahead. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. Those are all real similar yeah. guys that, uh, that Adam has around Tyree Wilson. So I, I well, got him what, over like, uh, I got, I got him over chase young. I got yeah. him over. Um, eh, I kind of go back and forth on Quinnen just cause Quinnen's an interior guy, but I think I'll take Quinnen. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, but, but yeah, I mean, right, right. He's definitely in that range. So I just want to see him play before I move him up. Too yes. Yeah, I agree. I and agree. Then, uh, what I'm saying is, is this is uh, much less about Chandler Jones and it's more about Tyree yeah. Wilson. The, the days are coming here for Chandler Jones. And as, as you know, I think some people see Tyree Wilson as a, a smidge of a project, you know, he's, he's got a little developing to do. I think the development's going to come pretty quick for Tyree Wilson. I think <laughs> I it's going to be a couple weeks, and then he's going to be developed. Yes. Uh, it's he's gonna got be... length that nobody can teach. So. That's Absolutely. right. That's that's the thing. It's the Peter like... Schrager thing got me. Did you see that? Yes. Peter Schrager stood up beside of him, and Tyree Wilson. Looked like a child. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> looked, like, uh, looked like Bryce Young next to Brian Burns. Uh, <laughs> don't. <laughs> gonna... Oh, my Lord. Uh, he's going he's gonna, to you know uh, be the next Calais Campbell with them long arms blocking. Oh, man. Truly, truly. He is. He is a physical freak. I'm terrified right now. Yes, absolutely. Me as well. Let's talk about another defensive line loser. And this one breaks our heart because Addy not with us tonight might Uh, break your heart. Yeah, it's uh, not broken yet. Yeah, it's it's Milton Williams, the defensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. We were holding out hope that Milton was going to receive a larger workload, just 36% of snaps in 2022, 7.03 points per game, graded very well across the board, 72.6 overall, 78.3 tackle grade, run defense 75.7. So a lot of green on the PFF grades. And with the departures of Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue, Javon Hargrave, the door was open for Milton Williams to make a splash alongside the aging Fletcher Cox and the space eater Jordan Davis. But that optimism lasted right up until the team, the team traded up to take all world talent Jalen Carter. If Carter can keep his head 
on straight and his nose clean in the NFL. I think this means Milton Williams likely resumes a rotational role in 2023. Now, could he be a spot starter during bye weeks? Uh, yes, but Scott, I think that beautiful dream that we had around this table of brighter days ahead for Milton Williams is sadly dead with the arrival of Jalen Carter. I mean, how much does Milton Williams hate the Georgia Bulldogs? I mean, uh, you know, they're just taking his job left and right here. Truly. It's, it's pretty incredible. And if I'm remembering correctly, was it Milton Williams? I remember there was like a fight in the Eagles draft room and you saw one of their, um, yeah, one of their draft guys just looked miserable when they took Milton Williams because they weren't taking whoever he wanted and he was fighting for it. I can't remember who it was uh, at this point, but I just remember that's what I remember when I remember Milton Williams because a guy can't get on the field because his defensive line is so deep and yeah, uh, still young and took another hit when they drafted Jalen Carter. So I don't know when he's going to see field time. Yeah, it's one of those situations, Bobo, where it's like we saw, I believe it was four guys with double-digit sacks last season for Philadelphia. So it's it's possible. It's absolutely possible that we could see some more production along that line and some more guys that are IDP-relevant than what we think. Mm -hmm. But um, you can't not call Milton a loser with Jalen Carter. Some people's number one overall talent in this draft mm -hmm. arriving in Philadelphia, I took Jalen Carter in the third round in our rookie draft in our main dynasty league. And he's a guy I'm planning on starting a lot this season. And the same cannot be said, at least for me, about Milton Williams. Yeah, um, it is a little bit of a bummer um, for sure. But I'm probably buying a little bit of the dip here. You know, 36% snap share, you know, in a perfect world, we were all hoping that that would just like, you know, pole vault to just a, you know, crazy snap share for 2023. We should have seen that this is just the way that this team operates. They just want to stack as many yep. interior defensive linemen, yep. edges, outside linebackers. They truly they build truly through the can. trenches. That's yeah, how they build. And, and this is this is pretty much what it is. I mean, the only guys that are going to get much time there are going to be Josh Sweat, um, going to be um, Her uh, Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick, yep. And now maybe even Nolan Smith starts getting worked into that. Yep. So would Sweat and Reddick maybe be seen as – potential sales here this next season. Um, I hate it for Milton Williams. This is probably right, um, but <laughs> we all probably should have seen this coming also. We needed to read the tea leaves well, a little better. If you want to buy the dip, he's 30 spots later by ADP Freaking than Jalen Carter. Roseman, man. He's yeah. annoying. He's great at what he does, and you love him if the Philadelphia Eagles are your team. But yeah, there's some, uh, you know, but he also didn't bring in Competition for Kobe Dean, a guy we could have added as a winner here True. because all he has alongside him is a journeyman. Um, so I... He doesn't value linebackers. How he, he good linebackers. How he giveth and how he taketh away. Yep. And he did take away Milton Williams, but at least we get Kobe Dean, hopefully. So let's finish up with the positive, Scott, and go with some more uh, winners. Yeah, my, my next one, I'm going to go with just the linebacker combo in Vegas of yes. Divine Diablo and Robert Spillane. I think they both won because if the Raiders drafted anyone in the first five rounds at linebacker, they should have taken one of these spots and didn't do it. So I just think that these guys will be the stars. I don't think either one of them is very good. Obviously, uh, watching a lot of Robert Spillane 
I love his grit. He, you know, is willing to go in there on your last podcast. The boys were talking about him tackling Derrick Henry at the goal line. I vividly remember that play. I also remember him picking off uh, Lamar uh, on like play uh, on a play to end the game against Baltimore. Like Robert Splain is a smart guy who will always be in the right spot, but he cannot keep up physically with a lot of players in the NFL. Divine Diablo is the opposite. He's a guy that can keep up physically and is always in the wrong spot. So hopefully they get something out of this combo of a smart guy and a dumb guy, an unathletic guy and an athletic guy, and they make it work. But luckily for them, no one's going to be pushing them. I don't think Luke Masterson is going to make a great case for himself, but uh, we'll see. You know, th- these jobs could easily be won by someone else. Maybe they bring someone in late in the process. Maybe someone gets cut. And gets brought in and takes one of their jobs. So pay attention for that. But for right now, they're two starting linebackers who should be close to 100% snap share. Yeah, LB40 for Divine Diablo. And uh, Big Bob Spillane is going currently as LB79. Wow. So that is beautiful. I love the upside case for both those guys yeah. outperforming their ADP, Bobo. I've got Divine Diablo in our main Dynasty League. I fully expected him to be rug pulled in the NFL draft. And like Scott mentioned, didn't happen. Now, could something still happen down the line? If there's, you know, linebacker that gets cut that uh, ends up with Las Vegas. Totally. But um, even if they sign Quan Alexander, yeah, you'd have to be like, Oh, that's not good for somebody. I yeah, don't know somebody. who it is, but it's not good for somebody. It's yeah. not good for Luke Masterson. Yeah, Luke Masterson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really uh, not good for Luke Masterson. <laughs> we know Evan loves him, some Big Bob Spillane. I think it's his Steelers fandom uh, showing there with the former Steeler, now Raider. But uh, I like both these guys. I think Spillane's a great late value. Mm-hmm. Divine Diablo is got you know top 24 upside and he's going as lb40 so delicious value right now in drafts week two last year divine diablo had 16 tackles week five had 10 week seven had 11 and week eight had 14 tackles before he got hurt yum 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 give me all of that Diablo was trending to have a pretty pretty heavy tackle season and double d like we love the name we love the production we love the price i mean what's not to love about Double D. I think he is absolutely a winner, and uh, I think he's a guy that's going to... Scott, every year we do the IDP MVP episode. We'll we'll, uh, we'll reach out to you at the end of the season and get your contribution Please. as well, because it's always fun to think about who were the guys that won you championships. And I could very easily sing either of these guys. My money would be on Divine Diablo. Yeah. But I could see one of these guys, you took them for, you know late last linebacker pick in your redraft leagues, or he's your fourth linebacker in your dynasty leagues or Mm -hmm. your fifth linebacker in your best ball drafts. And this guy vastly outperforms that and ends up winning people a lot of championships as as an old man. That's done a couple baseball, uh, you know, uh, catchphrases here already. Uh, let's just, uh, let's hope Spillane is crash Davis, right? And divine Diablo is nuke Lelouch. And hopefully Spillane gets divine Diablo to see the game a little bit differently, uh, to anticipate better, whatever it is, and kind of be a mentor towards Diablo, because if he can be in the right spot, he's going to make a lot of plays. It's not just going to be tackles. It's going to be a lot of plays on the ball too. He's super fast as a linebacker. So, uh, this this is a great call. This is a great call, Scott, because this is kind of one of those, 
kind of one of those yucky ones, you know. Everybody yeah. wants defense, the, that defense kind of sucks. Everybody wants yeah. the sexy linebackers. They want the sexy names, but you know, when you put Denzel Perryman in your roster a couple mm -hmm. years ago when he went ham, you know, and probably walked you into the playoffs, you probably felt just fine. It's going to be a very, very similar situation with these two. Ugly. Yep. Just, I mean, Who cares? ugly IDP assets. Get the player job A done. and player B. That's Don't right. Look at the name sometimes. We need like a Captain America situation or a Captain Planet situation yeah, where it's like that up, <laughs> when our powers combine, uh -huh. we need Spillane. Kind we, of like a Bingle situation. Yeah. Stuck uh, too much in the Marvel universe there. I know, man. Uh, I was thinking <laughs> of the wrong Captain. All the time. Captain Planet with that sweet green mullet. Uh, well... <laughs> Scott, I want to end on a positive note here. So let's jump down and do your last loser. You have a Dallas Cowboys linebacker that uh, probably a lot of folks don't know about. So why don't you fill us in here on what's going on? I'll say Damone Clark uh, lost a little bit because I thought maybe he was going to get a shot at this linebacker job, uh, you know, with Micah Parsons moving more towards. And now the Cowboys have called Micah Parsons a pass rushing linebacker. Which you know, I don't know. Like he can play, he can play anywhere. You can put him at corner, you can put him at safety, you probably put him at center, and he would be amazing. So he mm -hmm. can do whatever. Uh, but you know, if he's not going to be playing linebacker, we bring back LVE as the guy as long as he's healthy. It's going to be there. So now, what are we doing with the spot? We have Clark. They took in the fifth uh, the previous year. They took Jabril Cox in the fourth in 2021. But then they went in the third and took Demarvian Overshone from my Longhorns. Now look, I have not liked DeMarvian uh, watching DeMarvian Overshone until his senior year because this dude loves to miss tackles and I uh he's super fast he gives me kind of Ryan Shazier Kmart version vibes right like uh, a guy that's <laughs> super fast he misses a lot like he wears these bands all over his arms and legs and I I I'm not jokingly said I think those are for every missed tackle it might be true <laughs> Uh, so, but, but he is, uh, he's twitched up a lot like divine Diablo that, that we talked about before he's switched up. He's super fast. He anticipates well, and he got way better, better. He took a big jump his senior year. Cause I thought he was borderline undraftable, uh, before his senior year at Texas. And he cut his, um, he cut his missed tackle rate way down his senior year. Once again, my computer shut off. I lost all my stupid notes. So I don't have the number here, but it was significant. And um, I think if he looks good in camp, this is kind of an open spot. So uh, I think that Overshone could be the guy here and Clark could be on his way out. Yeah. I remember Adam said there's uh kind of like a little bell that goes off anytime he sees mm -hmm. that fourth or fifth rookie linebacker go off the board. It's time to go in there and scoop whoever's left. Oftentimes that is overshown. Um, we like the opportunity. We like the draft capital. We also like Damone Clark, but this is going to be one of those camp battles to pay attention to uh, because I think that linebacker spot opposite LVE is going to be pretty valuable, Bobo. Gosh, we're talking about LVE going into 2023. I know. I'm so sick of it. Get this dude out of here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Scott's exactly right. Damone Clark, a guy that we've been kind of throwing some darts on in best ball, um, just as a guy that, you know, you kind of you see really late. You should get first the, crack, know, right? 28th round. I rounds. think so. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, in camp, you're probably going to see that. But um, Overshone, for sure. Um, I love just the draft capital that Overshone provides. You know, I would even beg a lot of the listeners to go out and just look on waivers. He might have, you know, he might have survived your rookie drafts. If you've got a three, four, five-round draft, he might be available. So, 
um, yeah, you're right. Damone Clark probably gets the uh, probably gets the tryout early on, but um, Overshone's talent is probably going to uh, outshine Clark uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. Love the name. A lot of fun names oh, yeah. we've been talking about mm-hmm. here. Overshone sounds like some sort of like Warhammer character, so I'm all about <laughs> it. Love it. And uh, let's get out of here with a little bonus winner, Bobo. This yeah. is a team winner. I mentioned this. Uh, a little earlier, we are going with the Seattle Seahawks defense as a winner of the offseason. Listen to these additions. Mm-hmm. Not a defense that was a world beater by any uh, stretch of the imagination in 2022, but added Devon Witherspoon or Devon with him spoon, mm-hmm. as Adam said, because he is him. Uh, added Julian Love, Draymond Jones, Derek Hall, another Addy favorite, Jerron Reed plus Bobby Wagner, ever heard of him. You got Boye Mafe going into year two. Jamal Adams is back until he breaks something horribly and has a pass or two bounce off his face mask. Uh, Jordan Brooks probably out, we've been saying, most of the season, at least until Halloween. Uh, But they at least tried to address that with Devin Bush rather than leaving yeah. that LB2 spot. I mean, it's it's a body. It's a, you know, we're not, nobody yeah. around this table is a Devin Bush fan, but it's it could be worse. Um could so be Jordan Brooks. Yeah, it could be <laughs> could be Jordan Brooks, you're could right. Be Cody um, Barton. Yeah, it could be Cody Barton. Um so I think this defense is much improved. We may hate the addition of Zach Charbonnet or depending on how you feel about JSN, JSN. <laughs> but the offensive additions have been very nice as well. Mm-hmm. And the hot take that I'm going to give on the Seattle Seahawks, they're going to be my favorite in the NFC as we sit here on May 23rd doing this episode. I just think now, could Gino turn back into a pumpkin and ruin this whole thing? Absolutely. But uh, in a weak, weak NFC Give me the Seattle Seahawks to get that number one seed come the playoffs. Scott, is that crazy? Is that too spicy? I think it's a little too spicy. I mean, Philly's still in the NFC, right? Like, they are. I, I know there's the Super Bowl hangover and stuff. I still think Dallas is uh, pretty solid as well, and the Niners might still be the best team in that division. If they can get some quarterback play uh, as well from somebody, to stay healthy somebody and play well somebody. Uh, but the rest of the rest of it's there. For the Niners, they just need that QB to, to finally, whoever it is, if it's Purdy, if it's Lance, if it's Sam Darnold, I know that he's been getting some buzz uh, on some <laughs> national platforms as well. So just for some figure reason. something out. Yeah, for some reason. But I love this call out as Seattle uh, improving the most because I really love what they did with the defensive line. Of course, you ha- hate to lose Shelby Miller, but when you add Jaron Reed and, uh, you know, you saw Monet there and you drafted Cameron Young and you, you, have you drafted Derek Hall and Mike yep. Morris to just some push ends to give Nwosu uh, a couple extra shots at the the quarterback? I mean, uh, I really like what they've done. They added Bobby Wagner, who has not lost a step. I mean, we keep waiting for it to happen. It keeps not happening. He keeps putting up a million tackles every single year and did so with the Rams last year. So glad mm-hmm. he's back, especially with Brooks being down for the majority of the season. Uh, and you know what? He'll make a lot of Extra tackles that Devin Bush will miss as well by being in the That's wrong right. spot. So, uh, yeah, you know, adding um, uh, Witherspoon across. I mean, this whole from Tariq Woolen. I mean, yes. it's so good. This yeah, team this is sick. Really got really got much much. Better. Still have Quandre Diggs there. I mean, a lot of Steeler uh, missed tackle hatred in this episode. <laughs> Look, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steelers and Longhorns. You can tell what frustrates me the most watching defense. <laughs> Uh, yes. growing up most of the time. So. No, I, lo- I love this, Josh. The more I process this, the more it makes sense because 
Um, I don't think Gino, um, I don't think he, you know. Even if he's just average. I don't think he takes a step back this year because you've given him better weapons. You know, you've basically said, all you've right, set hey, him up. Yeah. you've got what you had last year plus JSN. Oh, and Pete Carroll, who loves to run the football. Now you've got Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Yep. Say what you want about Charbonnet. I was not a big believer in him coming into uh um, coming into the draft, but you put him behind Kenneth Walker. That's a great offense. And, and behind now that you're offensive gonna, line, you're going to have a lot of opportunity. The defensive backs are going to have a lot of these wide receivers covered, yep. which are going to give these linebackers, um, Bobby Wagner, Devin Bush, and this defensive line going to give Jamal Adams opportunity to rush the passer. They're setting it up in Seattle to play the way Seattle likes to play. That's right. Run the football. Rush the passer. Yep. Run the football. Milk the clock. Win an ugly football game that might not be real fun to watch. Probably sell all of the wide receivers right now in Seattle. <laughs> it's probably a good time frame to go ahead and get off of them. But and run it not. at the goal line. That's right. I don't, I don't hate that run call, Run it man. at the goal line. Yeah, run it. And then I, I just look at it in terms Who of you like, with? what are some <laughs> potential fatal flaws for some of these contenders, right? Like, don't uh, don't overlook the brain drain in Philadelphia. They lost both their coordinators. Yeah. They lost a ton of talent on defense. We mentioned Hargrave. They lost both starting linebackers. They lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So there's, I think... Lost a, Miles Sanders. Yeah, they lost some talent that I think, you know, really pushed this team uh, to the Super Bowl. Who knows who the starting quarterback? I don't know that it matters with San Francisco, but that is a question mark. Is Brock, Brock Purdy, Purdy. going to start the season? Why do they hate Trey Lance so much? What is going on with this Sam Darnold hype? And then Dallas, you got Mike McCarthy there, who's taking the reins on the play calling. That scares me to death. So it's going to be the Rams. You know, Rams I think. Yeah, yeah. Rams are going to have to win every game 51-48. Exactly. They're going to be more in the running for Caleb Williams than they are a playoff spot. They're just carrying Cooper Cup off the field after every game. He's got 28 receptions. He's the Big Ben meme with 340 yards every game. So, but yes, I think I'm very excited to see what Seattle does this season. It's a good call, Josh. I think they have improved on both sides of the ball, and I'm excited to watch this team. Scott, I'm excited to check out what you've got coming up. We mentioned at the top of the show, you have contributed to the Black Book, which is that on sale yet? When is that? Uh, it's going to drop, that go I believe, June 1st. Uh, June 1st. Usually, maybe a little couple days uh, before that as well. But yeah, PZP will get that up pretty quick. Awesome. So host of the individual defensive podcast with Gary Davenport, contributor for Fantasy Pros. All of your fantasy football rankings are over on the In This League Patreon, so make sure you check that out as well, folks. Scott knows his stuff. If you can't mm. tell from this episode, he's a guy you want to follow. He's a guy you want to read and listen to. Scott, we will get you out of here on this. Give us one IDP, rookie or veteran, that you are going to be targeting in all of your drafts this offseason. All right. Every single one of my drafts, I will probably be trying to take Cole Holcomb because I'm a homer through and mm. through. And I think that a lot of tackles should be filtered his way. And I'm not too sold on a Landon Roberts. So I think he's going to pile up a ton of tackles for the Steelers if he can stay on the field. There you go, Bobo. I love it. Go after Cole Holcomb. Check out Scott and all of his work. John Macri will be back with an episode of the Big Nickel IDP podcast Man, looking at rookie DBs. We have to get him back to BG here soon. Yeah. Looking at rookie DBs with John Glosser tomorrow. So be sure to check that out. We will be back next week talking top 48 
Dynasty linebackers. So you don't want to miss that episode, folks. We're getting into the good stuff now. So make sure you tune in. Scott, thanks so much for coming on, man. We will do it again here very soon. But until next time, y'all take care and we'll see you soon. Now when I hit